0: stay the course. If you if your idea was a good sound idea, you did the homework, you did all the stuff to make you believe that you wanted to quit your job and go do this, then then stay the course. From the man who wrote the book on human behavior,
1: a special edition. Richard, Richard Flint, Flint podcast. podcast. Let's talk about it. Let's talk human behavior. Let me give you three words and let me define them for you. Job. A place that you get up and go to every day. To prostitute yourself for a paycheck. A mission. A place where you go every day and act out the orders or the demands or the thoughts of other people. Crusade. A place you go to because you feel this is where you belong. This is what you should be doing with your life. I really believe that most people work for a paycheck. The lack of passion for the job one does has far-reaching effects, folks. It can affect the commitment they have to their job, the quality of the work they do. It can also reach beyond the walls of their work environment. It can go home with them, and it can affect their home life. I find that there is an interesting phenomenon happening in the workplace today. Many people are trading in their corporate apparel for their own personal business. The idea of becoming an entrepreneur and being your own boss has become an increasing aspect of today's business world. The number of people who are walking away from corporate America starting their own consulting business is a sign of how many people have become fed up with their J-O-B. So what have they done? They've left the security of a paycheck and entered the world of having to make it on their own. I applaud these people. The entrepreneurial spirit is what this country has been built on. Today's show, So You Want to Be an Entrepreneur, is about strengthening this entrepreneurial spirit. The challenge I've seen over the years is so many want to do it. They jump into it without really understanding what they're jumping into, run into an emotional wall they weren't prepared for, and can't make the transition. I want you to hear me say this. I totally believe in the entrepreneurial spirit and reaching for your dream. As long as your dream is defined and a plan is in place, creating your own business, can't be a reaction to what isn't happening in your life. It must be a response to what you want to achieve. That means you must be clear on what you want, have the finances in place, have a plan in place, and make it a journey and not a race. My show today is designed to help you mentally Emotionally and spiritually prepare for living your own dream of being in business for yourself. The majority of people who reach for this dream won't make it. Not because they can't, but because they aren't mentally and emotionally prepared for the journey they're about to take. My guest today is a person I have turned to when I've had questions about my personal business confusion someone that I consider to be a true entrepreneur. My guest today is John Emmett from Houston, Texas. John is a very busy person. I'm glad your schedule has allowed you to join me for the show. One of the things I do on every show is I ask people how we met, because I don't believe any two lives connect by accident. Our connection was really pretty interesting.
0: Well, we met about six or seven years ago in Tampa, Florida. We went to the Saddlebrook uh, Golf Resort uh, I came up from Houston by myself uh, to get some time off just to think. I believe it was there four days because uh, we played golf, I think, three or four times. Uh, anyway, the, the first day they linked us up together, and uh, I had never met you, didn't know who you were, and we played around the golf, and uh, you were very quiet. <laughs> and uh, when we got through, we just sort of parted and walked away. And uh, the next morning we showed up at the same time to play golf, and they linked us up again. And uh, we've been playing golf ever since.
1: Yeah, I love it because we'll get together two or three, four times a year somewhere and just show up and play golf. And when I play golf, I am very quiet. Golf to me is one of my ways I use to relax. Now, let me tell you something about this guy called John Emmett. He is a real person living in a real world. But here's the key. He lives at a pace he can manage. And that last part about pace is so important. Anytime life becomes a race, it's out of control. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Days get hectic, and there's things
0: you, you can do, and, and then there's things you can't. And what I've always done is I've tried to fix the things I can. I don't worry about the things I can't. And they'll sort themselves out later on, or they'll come back to me, and I'll fix them. But you can't get excited about any of it uh, in, in the harmful sense. You can get excited about doing the job and, and getting orders or whatever it is that you do, but you can't let it upset you because you have no control over so
1: much of it. And so many people, they're emotionally overwhelmed when things don't go the way they want it to go. Exactly, and that, that's a, that's trying to control something. And again, you can control
0: the things you, you can, and you know what they are, and it's just a whole lot of stuff you can. You can't control a, a vendor going up on his prices. You can't control a customer not buying from you or, or doing whatever, so you don't worry about that. You just go on to the next one. And the things you can control, the things that you are in charge of, then, then handle those and uh, don't, don't get the two mixed up because it's like oil and water. They're not going to mix.
1: Tell our listeners, who
0: is John Emmett? Well, I, uh, I've been doing this for almost 40 years, uh, what I do, uh, several things I do, but ma- mainly I'm just an independent businessman. Uh, you said I was an entrepreneur, I believe that because entrepreneurs are risk takers, and I am over the period of the last uh twenty five years i've uh, owned all a part of twelve different businesses, still own seven of them to this day I've only had two real jobs i mean I say real jobs uh, after college just uh, uh that I went to, and uh the rest I did on my own uh, and it was it was a passion, it was something I felt I had to do. I had good jobs I made a lot of money traveled all over the world expense account uh, company cars everything in fact, my first wife got upset when I told her I was going to quit and do my own thing uh but it was something I felt I had to do something I wanted to do and uh, uh and i did and, and and it was a it was a hard choice because like I said, I had a very 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 good job and uh, and no problems at the job but it's it's just something I found I've gotten five patents and one patent pending on some stuff we on one of the companies that I own and uh just uh, got offices in, in all over the world now, and and just international businessman, something I never thought I'd be. Uh, but but uh, I are one now, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that just the way it happened, the way it fell out.
1: You understand why I say that he is an entrepreneur because he is someone who, like he said, he's only had two jobs, and, and the rest of the time it's been a time where he has worked for himself and. These are things that he has been passionate about. And and as we get into this deeper, you're going to understand the power to the word passion and how important it is. If you really want to be an entrepreneur, that you have that feeling of being passionate about what you're doing, because when you're passionate about what you're doing, then what it is you're seeking to do takes on a life of its own, filled with the personal energy that you bring to it. Now, One of the things that I have found in working with many, many who consider themselves to be an entrepreneur, they don't even know what it means. My guest today is John Emmett from Houston, Texas, and we're talking about what it means to be an entrepreneur. So, John, how would you define this word, entrepreneur? Well, Richard, to me, an entrepreneur is a risk
0: taker. It's a, it's a man or a woman uh, that uh, gets into the marketplace uh, with a an idea or, pro- or a process or something to do, and they take the risk. Risk meaning they have put something up to get a reward, uh, not just time or, or or some kind of gimmick, but really going in there and, and uh, making a decision to take a, a calculated risk on something. And that's totally different than uh, someone owning a business or or starting a business, and I don't want to make light of anyone that starts a business or doing their own because it's all very important, and they're uh, they're commended for breaking away and trying to do that. But there is a difference because you can start a business and go to work every day at your business and and probably make a good living at it and never really take a really heavy calculated risk uh, with uh, little or nothing uh, put up. When you put up a lot of money or something to do something, and if it don't work, you're out. And that's what a real entrepreneur does. What part does passion play in being a risk taker? Well, you've you got to believe in what you're doing. And I gave you a really good example if you looked at uh, the difference between Tiger Woods and the rest of the field. When I interviewed him at the end of the deal, he only said, this is the U.S. opening stake. I'm going to go out there and win tomorrow. The guy's my friend, but I'm, I'm going to go win. That's his job.
1: He's passionate about it. Do you feel that he is a person who's on a crusade?
0: Absolutely, a good example. Uh, I, knew, I knew he was good, but I never knew he was really that good. And not that the other golfers aren't good because they're all on the same uh, crusade, if you will. They all want to win the, the, the majors. But uh, some guys just really have the passion. They know. They believe in themselves. One commentator said, no matter what else happens, this guy can trust his swing.
1: Yeah. Now, what part does talent play in this being
0: an entrepreneur? Well, obviously he has to have the talent. But if you you really he you got to separate him from the field because he started when he was four or five years old or when he was young and I'm not an expert on Tiger Woods by any means, but the, the guy was uh, uh, groomed all his life to do exactly what he's doing and even in the commercials his father said no matter who you meet you will never meet anyone with more mental discipline than yourself.
1: Johnny, one of the things I see is I watch a lot of people who have the talent. They keep talking about someday they want their own business but they don't have the discipline to really go after it.
0: Well, uh, I don't know if it's discipline. I, I think it's, it's uh, a lot of them don't know where to start. It sounds easy. They see other people do it. The, but I think one of the biggest things for me is people see other people, uh, if you will, driving big cars, living in big houses, and they own their own businesses, uh, and they go, gee, I, I want to do that. And, and it, Well, he, he plays golf on Wednesdays, and he's off on Sundays with his family, so it can't be that difficult. And what they don't understand is whoever they're looking at is probably a very good entrepreneur. He probably knows exactly what
1: he's doing, and that's why he can do the things he does,
0: and that's why he has the things he has.
1: So he took the calculated risk to get there. It's passion sometimes that takes us through the difficult times, is it not?
0: Yeah, that, and and what people need to understand, it's very difficult to have a lifestyle that you, you want to become accustomed to having with one thing. I mean, you can start a plumbing company or a paint company. It doesn't matter what it is. And you'll find shortly into it that it's hard to make the kind of money you want to make from one source. And that's the difference between people just having a business and entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs says, I can only make X dollars out of this business. But I can do three or four other related things or three other things that are associated. And if I cut the pie four or five ways, I can take money out of each them."
1: Uh, it's, hard to, it's hard to start a small business and make a lot of money. So what's the difference between a real entrepreneur and someone who just wants to make money real quick? People see these uh, rock
0: stars and these sports figures and all these people making all this money, and that's what they want. They want that lifestyle. They want to be a rock star. They want to make all this money. And it looks like it's come real easy real fast. Uh, but it hasn't. I remember once when I think it was Curtis Strange who won one of the majors, and it was the first time he ever won. And they said, "This, this upstart, this new guy." And he goes, "Upstart, I've been doing this for twenty years, every weekend. You know, and I, I didn't just start this. So, nothing comes easy, and nothing comes quick. Uh, and, and I think the deci- the difference is that an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur knows that, and what he will do is he'll have two or three things going uh, while he's trying to make." The one thing that he has passion about, work. I'll give you a really good example. Uh, Forty years ago when they decided to go to the moon, they hired like six different companies to to come up with the ideas. And uh, they figured, well, you know, we're just going to get a jump on it. We can't let one do it, and then we decide we don't want to do it. We lost ten years, then get another one to do it. Let's just start six people doing it. And as people fell off by the wayside, uh, with their ideas just wasn't good, they finally came up with two people that said... We like what this one guy did, and we like what that other guy did, but neither one of them can do it. Let's form a new company and put the two together and go with both their ideas and make it one big idea. That's how we got to the moon. That's what entrepreneurs do. That was a government entity, not quite the same, but the principle is the same. So an entrepreneur will say, look, I've opened this, uh, well, let's say plumbing business, whatever, this, whatever. And uh, but while I'm doing that, you know, I've got these rent houses I want to do. Let me let me start some of that and let me do that. He'll be doing three or four things because he'll be, he's going to pad his bed. He, he, he said, I, I know I can do this. I'm passionate about doing this, but I'm going to do three or four other things, because even if I'm a success, I can make some good money at it. But probably not the type of money I want to make. If a guy wants to make a half a million bucks a year, I don't care what kind of business you've got. That's hard to take that kind of money out of a small business, any kind of a business. And if you hit a home run, it becomes a big business. Well, then then, how rare is that?
1: Do they need to be careful about these people out there who offer them the get-rich-quick theory? Yes. No, they have to be very
0: wary. The only people making money there are the people that are selling them the the bill of goods. Uh, And the only people at the top that they show as examples are so rare and so small, it's unbelievable. Those were the people that were in on the ground floor, got lifted up by all the others. And it ended right there. It ended very quickly. The top of the pyramids is very small, half a dozen people, dozen people maybe. And the rest of them are just worker bees. And, um, and so, yeah, th- those get-rich-quick uh, gimmicks very rarely work because one thing, there, there's not enough vested interest in it by the party that's joining. If you ask me to give you $300 or $500 or $5,000, uh, that 's a lot of money to some people, uh, but it 's not enough to change a person 's life forever. It might hurt for a while if it doesn 't work out. You ask somebody to give you half a million bucks to do something you got a vested interest in that so the difference is you get what you you pay for if you if you put up five thousand dollars, you think you 're going to make five million. You do the math
1: everyone would be doing it. What I have found over the years is that so many people there They have no love for what they're doing. That's why it's a job. It's a place where they go to prostitute themselves for a paycheck because they really don't enjoy it. So they're going to start their own business and they get real excited about it. But what most people don't understand is that excitement in and of itself is really not what you want because excitement is based in a possibility. And if the possibility doesn't work, then what happens? I'm now filled with frustrations. I'm filled with disappointment. And I'm filled with anger. Somehow we've got to teach people that the real entrepreneur doesn't just come in because of the possibility. They come in because of the opportunity. And, and the opportunity is based in, in their belief. And the opportunity creates the enthusiasm that they bring to what they're doing. And, and I find that most people start with a great amount of energy. But when things don't happen immediately, it just drops them. Exactly. Uh, I, use, I use a term, uh, uh, stay the course.
0: Uh, Ronald Reagan used to use that all the time, and at the time I didn't really understood what he meant. But now, now I do. Stay the course. You have to be able to stay in whatever you're doing long enough to have it grow to fruition. These things don't happen overnight. Good, sound businesses take a long time to mature. Uh, look at it this way. If a business is one-year-old, you got to look at it as a one-year-old child. And if it's five years old, that's a five-year-old child. Well, before that child becomes reasonable, let's say 18, where you start driving a car and getting a job and graduating from high school, well, look at your business. Your business is going to have to be around for 18 or 20 years before it's mature enough to where you're comfortable with it and it's comfortable with you and you're making the kind of living you want to make out of it. From 1 to 18, anything can happen just like it can happen with a child.
1: John, I know that over the years you've had several people who have come to you to help them start their business. And there's some principles that you have shared with me that you see as foundational principles if you really want to start your own business and have your business become successful. What are those principles? Well, basically, uh, and the way I've always done it is, um, and it's very simple.
0: First of all, don't lie, cheat, or steal in any way, shape, or form in any transaction that you do. Because uh, that's the cornerstone of of a
1: successful business. Let's say I start my my new business and it's not going the way I want it to go. Do you think the tendency for some people is forget about these three and they will lie, they will cheat, and they will steal? Oh, absolutely. Some people get desperate,
0: and that's the worst thing that can happen. Uh, uh, e- even if a business isn't going well, uh, I have I have, I just do this all the time. I was we was talking about it at lunch the other day about. Uh, if something didn't work and I just stopped doing it. Uh, if I'm in a meeting and it's not going the way it needs to go or I, I see it's not going to go where I want it to go or, or we're not going to be successful at what we want to do, I just terminate it because we're just wasting their time and my time. Uh, if, if I get into something that's not working for me, I'm not going to beat myself to death. I'm just going to stop because I'll come back another day and it'll, it'll work again. Uh, and, and, and this is what people do. I, I never get desperate. Never need anything so badly that you make a bad decision based on bad judgment.
1: All right, so principle number one, don't lie, cheat, or steal. And the next one that you laid out to me, which I found interesting, was you must treat your business as a person. Well, that's a biggie.
0: Uh, and, And I think if more people would understand this simple principle, I think it would eliminate a lot of problems. I'm from Texas. In the state of Texas, a corporation is viewed in court of law as a person. And the one that defends that person is the courts, the, the system. And anybody that's associated with the business has a fiduciary duty to protect that business. If they don't, the, the law will come after them, uh, meaning you can't you can't abscond with funds, you can't uh, cook the books, you can't uh, embezzle, you can't do a lot of things. And I tell all my management employees of all the companies, you look at this company as a deaf, dumb, and blind person, but as a person that has entrusted you to run it, it has the ability to make money, but it can't tell you anything, it can't stop you from doing anything, and, and it, can't, uh, it, it can't change anything on its own. It's looking to you, and all it's saying is, I'll make you the money if you take care of me, and you can make a nice living, and give yourself a raise if you need to, and do whatever you need to do, but don't ever do it to my detriment, because I can't stop you, and so you got that trust going, and you said, how would you, you think about it? If you had a friend that was deaf, dumb, and blind, and he had the ability to make money and ask you, would you take care of me, would you steal from him? That's like taking a pencil from a blind guy. No, you wouldn't. Well, not if you're a proper guy. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you keep that principle in mind. And you say every decision you make, you're making it for something that can't make it for himself, but trust you enough to know you're going to make the right one. And if you don't,
1: the court's going to see that you do. So we don't lie, cheat, or steal. We learn to treat our business as a person. Mm -hmm. And then the the third one you said to me, don't forget your vision. Don't forget why you started this business. Yeah, I believe in what you're doing. Uh,
0: My my dad ran a little corner grocery store for 37 years. And he had just as much enthusiasm the day he he closed the doors, actually, uh, when he retired, uh, that he did the day he started it. He he never lost his, his passion for it. He never lost his love for it. It was something he loved to do, and he was just a small grocer. Just a—he uh, wore an apron. I mean, he was the coolest guy you ever seen, you know. And uh, third grade education, but he knew how to do what he wanted to do. And and one thing he did—he kept reading these magazines that these grocery associations would send him, and he'd come up with all these ideas. And me being an engineer, he'd get me to make the drawings or write up the whatever the proposals. I mean, as a kid, and. Uh, But the thing I saw about him was his passion. He never lost it. He never said, I don't want to go to work. He used to open at 6 in the morning and close at 10 at night. After years, he said, Dad, you need to stop doing that. And he said, "Uh, what else am I going to do? Sit and watch TV? I just sit here and somebody come in. You can't make money if I'm closed. And he lived by simple principles, and he never did anything. Uh, uh, but, but he didn't need to, that's what his passion was. So that's so important because when you lose that, uh, it's like in a relationship. Once you start losing that, what you started with, I was watching a movie on television the other day and the the, the wife in the movie was saying, you know, you, you, have this passion and you go together and you get married, then you have kids and pretty soon you don't know who you are anymore. you you're wrapped up in this thing called marriage and then you lose all that interest. Same thing for a business. You get in the business, it's exciting, it starts going five or ten years into the business, you lose interest, you lose your passion, and you're going to lose your business.
1: Yeah. One of the things I find sometimes when I'm working with business people is they really don't understand the power to what John was just talking about. And that is you can't lose sight of your dream. Why? Because your dream provides you with the direction you need. Why can't you lose that dream? What's the problem? It, it doesn't allow you to recharge. When you've lost your dream, you've lost your recharging center. The dream energizes you and the dream allows you to adapt and the dream makes the crusade possible. So I think you need to understand the power of a dream and make sure that if you're going to start your business, this is not something that you're escaping into because you didn't enjoy where you were But this is something that is your dream. It's something that you feel from the inside out that you can achieve. Now, in your years of working with people who want to be a business owner, they're going to make mistakes, and everybody's going to make a mistake, correct? Oh, yeah. So I've asked John to talk to us, and we'll talk about this together, about some of the common mistakes that you have seen people make.
0: Uh, you're right. A, a lot of people come to me and have over the years uh, for advice, and and they're friends and associates and and people that I meet. And, uh, and And the main theme is is that most of them don't know the hidden cost associated with with getting into business or staying in their business. Uh, a g- great example: uh, I was going to buy some some land uh, right by where one of our buildings is, and uh, it was in foreclosure. It was at the bank, and we looked at it, and we uh, we made a bid for it. We made a bid high enough to where we, we thought that they, the bank would take it and then relinquish the taxes. Well, some guy underbid us by a great deal of money, about half. So the bank sold it to the guy, and the guy calls, calls us, I don't know, two months later or three months later, and, and he paid like $100,000 or 120000 for the land, but there was 190000 worth of dollars worth of back taxes because we didn't know what the deal was until he called and says, What is this back taxes? and uh, we said, well, that's one of those hidden things that you need to look for. And then a guy the other day was telling us, Richard, when we was playing golf, that he had some guy that built a little building somewhere here locally, and uh, when it got all completed everything, he went to get electricity, and the electric company wanted some ungodly amount of money, and he had to close it all down. He lost everything because he didn't do his homework. So the hidden costs are very important. Uh, They're called hidden because you don't look for them, and they're called hidden because you can't see them. Mm-hmm. And they're called hidden because you don't know that they're there, uh, but that's number one. And, and and the hidden cost could be anything. I say it's it's insurance, taxes, uh, lights, gas, water, things that you don't think about. You say, well, oh, gee, I buy this for two dollars and sell it for three dollars.
1: I made a dollar. No, by the time you add all the other stuff in, you lost six bucks. Yeah. What about the fact that uh, so many people they gather the information, but they don't know what to do to turn it into money? That's so true. What what they do is they have a lot of knowledge about something. But
0: they don't know how to make it work. They don't know how to make it uh, make money at it. Uh, I've got a friend of mine in, in Houston that uh, has a, a landscaping-type business, and he's designed and patented some kind of a irrigation system or something that will keep your house from cracking the slab. I mean, it's a brilliant deal. And uh, he can't make any money at it. He struggles at it. He puts them in. They're great. They work. He makes money at doing them. But he'll never live long enough to make it work because he doesn't know how to do it correctly. He's still doing it one at a time. Uh, And he comes to me for advice. I give him advice, and he doesn't do it.
1: And and it's a circle. He just keeps going back asking the same questions. What about the fact that so many people have been a a worker bee so long that they don't know how to cross the bridge to becoming the owner of their own business?
0: Well, that all fits in.
1: Uh, Making money is an art.
0: There's nothing... uh, uh, calculatable about it. There's nothing uh, you can do. There's no formula. There's no books. There's no nothing you can do. Making money is an art. It's it's no different than uh, anything else you do in life. If you don't have the knack for it, you you never will get it. You got to know you're making money without looking at the books. You got to know you're making money without having to call your accountant. Uh, You can walk into your business and just by walking in, you know whether or not you're making money or not. You can look at the inventory. You can, you know, look at the people, how they're working. I can walk into my business, and I'll know within five minutes, I'll say something's wrong here. And I'll go in and start questioning people. And like, well, we didn't meet this delivery. Oh, that guy didn't pay us. We need to get, you know, get this done. I'm thinking, my goodness. I could tell by the expressions
1: on their faces. If you can't do that, you ain't going to make money. What about the fact that they lack the passion to see it through the tough times?
0: Well, the, the thing that anyone needs to understand, and, and you, you're you a good example. I've been around you long enough to see. I mean, it's lonely at the top, and, and, it's, and it's difficult. And if you're not mentally tough to handle the challenges that come your way, uh, because for every good one that comes, there's going to be six or eight ones that you're not so happy with. And you can't get
1: discouraged, and you can't
0: get down. you just got to keep moving forward.
1: you got to believe that this is your niche, your crusade. Absolutely. If you don't believe you're right, you're not going to make it. And one of them that you shared with me, which I, I see as a huge common mistake, they don't take the money they're making and reinvest it back into their business. They just spend it. They, they buy big cars and and fancy
0: fancy clothes. And you're right. And uh, it, and I got to laugh sometimes because if they if they would just reinvest back in themselves, they could have ten times that in the right amount of time. It's just that if they haven't made a lot of money, the money sort of goes to their head. Well, yeah, they think that their, their business is their personal cash drawer. I mean, it's like they're not treating it as an individual. They're treating it as just another way. That's my money. I've had them tell me, well, that's all my money, isn't it? I go, well, no. <laughs> so they think it's just another like a checking account, you know, and they can write a check on the business to buy something personal and uh, then wonder why they don't have any money.
1: Yeah, and that feeds into the last one that Johnny told me. They get so caught up in the prestige of being a business owner, they don't want to do the things they need to keep the business growing. And one of that is they've got to reinvest back in their business. Right. Uh, being successful means they're putting the
0: time in. Everyone wants to, say, uh, and wants to walk around and, and, and play the big shot and, and, and go to all the things that you go to that people notice. But that ain't where the money's made. The money's made when you roll up your sleeves and you get in there every day and you do what you've got to do to make it work.
1: If I was to put John Emmett in front of a group of people who want to be an entrepreneur. They want to be the owner of their own business. They want to call the shots. And they were in front of you, and they wanted to know. What would you tell us? What would you share with us about becoming an entrepreneur? Well, the first
0: thing I would is stay away from get-rich-quick schemes. Uh, Find something that you want to do, and, and if you really love it enough, you can make money at it. And it'll, it'll find its own level. If, if you want to be a forest ranger and that's your, that's your passion, you will. And that salary isn't very big, but you know what? You'll enjoy it, living in a cabin somewhere. And that's, your, that's what you want to do. So it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what your passion is. Uh, know your product. Know what you're going to do. Know your market. Uh, it does no good to have the best idea in the world if you can't sell it to anybody. Uh, and then I think you need to have uh, enough money to start the business correctly enough money to pay yourself while the business is getting mature, and enough money to stay in it long enough to allow it to mature. Without that, money, money, money. Without that, it ain't going to work.
1: All right. Let me walk you through these. You you, you shared these with me, and these were, to me, so critically important. Take your thinking outside the box. Why? Well, because if
0: you're not watching around you, it's like going – I was uh, in the jungles of Brazil years ago, and the guy said, when you're walking on the path – Look to each side. Don't just look at the path. And, and, and I, like an idiot, turned around and said, why? He said, because something will eat you. <laughs> and I thought, what? And you, keep your eyes open. If you're, if you're just looking at the straight line or you're just looking at your product line and you don't know what your competitors are doing or anyone else
1: is doing, someone's going to eat you. All right. Forget about making money, but have enough money to achieve what you're seeking to achieve. If you into it to make money, you ain't going to do it. Right. Be
0: willing to sacrifice. To me, Absol- that's huge. Absolutely. you got to do without when others have. And then really, really believe in what you're doing. Passion is the biggest thing. Like I told you about my father, after 37 years, he had the same passion he had the day he first walked in.
1: Okay. I think this is big. And that is have a business plan and work it, but at the same time, constantly be reviewing it. Everything
0: changes, Richard. Uh, your business plan today, five years from now, might not be what you want to do. You have to keep adjusting. It's like flying an airplane. Someone once told me when I took flying lessons that if you keep adjusting the small stuff, the big stuff will take care of itself. All right. Get to know when you're making money. What that means is if you don't know when you're making money, you got to look at the books and you got to talk to your bankers and your lawyers or your accountants or whatever, then you haven't arrived, man. You got to know, you got to tell them what you're doing. They can't tell you. Be
1: an everyday learner.
0: Yeah, things are going to come up. When, don't be so hard set in what you're doing that you're not open to change. Okay, You've got to be mentally tough. That's a hard. you got to be tough as nails because everything people tell you will be negative. Very few people will congratulate you. How about getting used to being alone? You need a lot of alone time because that's when you're, you're most creative. Have a real mentor. You need somebody. You need a good banker, good lawyer, good accountant, but those people are for technical things. They tell you the things you have to do. But you need someone that you can confide in that uh, uh, you can pass things uh, back and forth to that uh, help you uh, grow. And that's what you need.
1: You need to grow. And you need outside influence to grow. Okay. And the one that I really liked, know and accept the fact you can't control everything. We talked about that earlier. Fix the things you can and don't worry about the things you can't. If you were to share with people the number one thing that has made you successful, what would it be? Well, we, we touched on
0: some of these earlier. I, again, stay the course. If you, if your idea was a good, sound idea, you did the homework, you did all the stuff to make you believe that you wanted to quit your job and go do this, then then stay the course. Because if you're right, you're right. If you're wrong, you, you're wrong. But you got to stay the course. You can't keep changing it. So many people start and then leave the course? No, they change. you got a good idea, and they get halfway through it, and they change it. And then you think, well, why did you do that? Well, it sounded like it'd be better if I did it this way. Well, you didn't stay the course. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't let, let it go long enough to, to come to fruition. You stopped it before it won. Uh, who, who was that? Some, someone once said something, that if you had just stayed it just long enough, you were there and you quit right at, before you was going to make money. Right at the peak. Yeah.
1: Hey, folks, I want to thank John for being with us today. If your dream is to own your own business, I encourage you to reach for your dream. But make sure it's your dream. You can sit and think about doing it for your entire life and continue to go to your J-O-B each day and last frustrated in an existence you have created for yourself. Or you can trust yourself and allow your desire to be stronger than your fear and step out of the box and follow your dream. It's not a race. It's a process that doesn't happen overnight. It is a process. If you have any questions or comments, email me, richard at richardflint.com, and I'd be happy to work you through your ideas or your comments.